worship part 10 or whatever it is. Uh, it's been a longer series than, than we thought. But I want to talk to you about, we've already uh, talked about what worship is. And worship is not singing. Singing is just a way that we worship. But worship is you connecting to God. And it's me connecting to God. And it's, it's just that time where you and God just come together. And you, and you grow and you enjoy your relationship. And, and it's a place of honor and respect that you have towards the Lord. And as we talk about that, as we remember that, then it changes everything. See, so many times worship has been something that we do in the sense of how we express our love for God, our worship for God. But worship is the actual relationship you have with God. It's that continual connection you have with God. That's how you worship him. Our our key text that we've been going through is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Then it says this, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the pattern and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How do you become new and how does your uh, thinking change? By letting God do it, right? It's not about you trying to figure out how to change. It's not about you trying to figure out how to make it. It's not try about... It's not about you trying to figure out all the answers, and we're going to talk about that today. God transforms you. God changes the way you think when you connect to him. If you're still thinking the same things over and over and you're still struggling over and over, I want you to know you can't change how you think without God. God's the one that can change you into a new person and completely twist the way you think. There's things that I used to think before. And as I've grown in my walk with God, I don't think that way anymore because God does that. He helps us to change. So we talked about what this worship is. Mark chapter 12, we see where Jesus says the greatest commandment, the most important one is, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Then he says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. So if God is saying The greatest thing you can do isn't to do this for me. It's not to read your Bible. It's not to pray every day. It's not to go heal people. It's not to go set people free. The greatest thing you can do is love God. Because out of that relationship with God comes strength and hope and life and helping people and and bringing healing and strength and deliverance and all the stuff that God does. But all of that is God. That's all God. Your main, your main responsibility, according to Jesus himself. This was Jesus speaking. And Jesus says the greatest thing of all the commandments, of all the stuff to do, the greatest thing you can do is love God. What does love look like? Time, attention, priority. Those are ways that you know where your love is for God. And see, sometimes I'm guilty of it, but sometimes we get in these times in our life where all of a sudden God's the most important thing to us because we're in trouble. He's the most important thing to us because now we're in a tough situation. Now nothing's happening the way it's supposed to happen and everything's falling apart. Now, now it's time for God. And I'm going to tell you, if you, just, if you would love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength every day, you're going to find, you're going to have the strength that some of the things that you trip up on, you won't even trip up on. And it said, instead of God always rescuing you, he's even preventing you from some of the calamities and troubles that you find yourself in because of the strength that comes from God. 
So we got to realize, you know, when Jesus had some miraculous things he was doing, the disciples and different people came and said, how can we do those things? What do we need to do to be able to do what you're doing? And he says, the only work that you need to do is believe on the one that he sent. In other words, believe in Jesus. That's the only work you need to do. And again, that's Jesus talking. If you believe in God and you believe that he sent Jesus, that's, that's the greatest thing. Out of that flows the stuff. So this whole worship series, we've not focused on stuff. We have to do this. We have to walk this way. We have to act this way. No, we have to connect with God. And then we talked about things that will try to hinder you. Fear, your flesh, the enemy. All those things will try to distract you and limit and hinder you from pursuing God. Why does the enemy not want you to pursue God? Because you're strong when you pursue God. And when you're connecting to God, you have victory over him. So he doesn't want you strong. And see, some of us, we've, we fall into that trap that we keep looking to our own strength. We keep looking to our own ability and we stay frustrated. We stay down. We stay defeated. And that's when you got to connect to God. Because when you connect to God, James 4, 7 says, when you submit yourself to God, you just have to resist the devil and he's got to flee from you. He can't have any part in your life of bringing deceit, discouragement, all those thoughts of, you know, bailing out, quitting, this God thing's no good. Listen, that's the enemy. And it's all his plan to destroy you. All right, so we talked last week about some of the results of worship. And this isn't something that we produce. This is what God produces in us. What, and, and we talked last week. One of the things, if we connect with God, we'll trust him. We talked about that last week. You cannot know God and not trust him. It's impossible. You, if you truly know God, you'll trust him. Because you'll see a God who has never, ever failed. He has a 100% perfect record. He's never failed at anything he said he would do. He's never failed. He's always been faithful. He always will faithful. God is love. Love never fails. He never fails. So when the more you if, you, if you, if you struggle trusting God, which at times we all do because we have that human side of us, but if you struggle trusting God, just get to know him. Just get in his word. Dig in the word. Because the more you know God, the more you'll trust him. The more you'll begin to see circumstances a little bit different because you're seeing his perspective. And it all comes from getting to know him. This week we're going to talk about this. Here's the result that comes from worship. Wisdom. You have access to wisdom as you connect with God. How many of you need wisdom? Well, okay, let me, let me ask a few questions. How many of you um, have a job? How many of your job involves at least one other person at times, then you need wisdom. How many of you have friendships, relationships with people? You need wisdom. You need wisdom. How many of you have children? You need wisdom. How many of you have teenagers? You need wisdom. How many of you have young, little, small children? You need wisdom. How many of you kids have parents? You need wisdom. You need wisdom. How to respond to your parents so you can still have privileges. All right? We all need wisdom. How many of you own a, you, you're either a manager, you manage over a group of people, but your job, there's people that work under you. Okay, you got to have wisdom. 
You've got to have wisdom. How many of you have people that work above you and they're not always easy to get along with? You need wisdom. How many of you have customers that you'd rather have a root canal than spend a lot of time with them? <laughs> I saw him go up fast. Yes. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. And you need wisdom more than just your own ability. You need God's wisdom. How do I deal with that situation? You know, this isn't in your notes. I'm just going to tell this story, then we're going to jump in these scriptures. But in, in 2 Kings, uh, Solomon, David is, is passing the, the, the king authority and anointing. He's, Solomon is basically going to be the next king. And so he becomes king, and, and he's, he's, he's praying one night, or he sleep one night, and, and this angel shows up and says, and, and God asks Solomon, what do you want me to give you? He asked Solomon, what, what it is, what it is, what do you want? And I'll give it to you. And Solomon says, because I'm young, because he was very young, he said, because I'm young, I, I want wisdom and understanding. And, and God said this to me, he said, you know what? Because of that, because that's what you asked for, instead of asking for a long life and, and health and money and all this stuff, he said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give it to you. But I'm even going to give you this other stuff. Because what you asked for was the greatest thing you could ask for. So he knew that his source of wisdom was from God. And the only kind of wisdom that a young, uh, inexperienced king could walk in is something that's greater than him. So he asked God for it. And God gave it to him. And right after that, right after that happens in 2 Kings 3, right after that happens, there's this story that these two ladies who are living together... One had a baby. About three or four weeks later, the other lady had a baby. And during the night, one of the babies died. And the one that died uh, switched the baby with the other in the night. So then the one lady wakes up and says, oh, no, my baby's dead, and realizes, wait, that's not my baby. And then this argument starts of whose baby is still alive. They both are claiming that the baby that's alive is theirs. So they come before the king. And they give the story to this king, that's my baby. And the other lady's like, no, that's my baby. And the king is, is in this situation where he needs to know, okay, how do I handle this? Because they're both saying this. They both have this uh, argument that the baby is theirs. And we don't know. We have no way of knowing the truth. So here's what the king said. And don't worry, if you haven't heard the story, it does not get graphic. But you're going to wonder in a minute. <laughs> The king says, bring me my sword. So they bring Solomon the sword. And he says, you know what, since I don't know what we're going to do is we're going to cut this baby in half and give you each half of the baby. And all of a sudden, the real mom says, no way, no way. Let her have him. Let her have the baby. Do not, do not kill my baby. And Solomon immediately knew that's the real mom. And gave the baby to the real mom. And then the last, the next verse after that says, And all of the people saw the wisdom of God in Solomon. This decision that he made, this wisdom came to Solomon. And see, in no matter what situation you face, God knows your answer. See, wisdom is, it reveals things. It's things you don't know. God's wisdom is stuff that you don't understand and you don't know. And you have to connect with God in order to get it. You don't have it. You might, you might have some good intellect, 
you might be right there. You might be really sharp up here. But without the wisdom of God, you're not sharp at all. If you compare your, your wisdom to God's, your driveway does not go all the way to the road. You just don't have it. You just don't. It's only God's wisdom. It's only God's wisdom that we need. All right? Listen, when I was, well, this was years ago. I'll never forget when I finally decided to go to the eye doctor. I hadn't, I hadn't gone, and, you know, I was getting older, and I knew at some point, you know, I was holding my phone further and further away when I would get a text. And uh, so I went to the eye doctor, and I got, I got glasses. And I will never forget, like, wow, I mean, taking these off, it's like, is anybody here? I will never forget the first time I put on my glasses, and I thought, wow. I did not realize how much I wasn't seeing until I could actually see. I put them on. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, oh, our, man, there's people, they actually do look pretty. There are people that actually look nice. I'm thinking everybody's all fuzzy and everybody's all weird looking. Their skin's all. But you know what? It's just I didn't have clear vision. When I put these on, vision cleared up, and I thought, wow, I see like I've never seen before. See, that's what God wants to give you, and it happens through worship, but all of a sudden, the way you see life changes. The way you see your circumstance changes. The way you see your way out changes, and it becomes much more clear because you have actually now a greater, greater sense of wisdom than what you've ever had. And God's the one that gives you the source of that. So let's look at this wisdom. Look at James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's completely pure. It's the real deal. Okay? It's also peace-loving. So when you walk in wisdom, you're going to love peace. Okay? You're not going to walk in wisdom and, and stir up strife everywhere you go. You're not going to walk in wisdom and be mean to people. You're not going to walk in wisdom and, 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 and be all frustrated and, and have issues all the time. The wisdom of God is peace-loving. It's, it's loving peace. It's, it's all about peace. You are actually modeling the prince of peace. So it's peace-loving. What else is it? It's gentle. Wisdom is gentle. As much as we think sometimes when someone raises their voice, if we raise ours back, but I'm telling you, that's not wisdom. In any situation, it's not wisdom. In every situation that I've seen, even at times at, at, at ball games and there's competition and parents are screaming and coaches are screaming, it's always amazing to me that if you stay gentle, things calm down really fast. If a referee, if an umpire, someone's yelling at the ump, if the ump stays very calm, yes, up. Yeah, I made the call. I'm sorry, but I made the call. They stay. I mean, it's, it shuts it down. Gentleness shuts it down. Wisdom will always cause you to be peace-loving and gentle because that's what wisdom is. Willing to yield to others. That's, that's part of wisdom. Wisdom will show you and it will cause you to think of others. It will cause you to want to be a blessing to others. Let's put this thing into practice, right? Driving in a long line. Car right here that needs to get in. Wisdom, come on in. Non-wisdom, 
Bumper to bumper. Oh, don't you even try to creep in. You scooting up. You know, that's, some, of you, some of y'all do that. I've done it at times. You're in a hurry. You're just like, I mean, you can, you can touch the trunk of the car in front of you. You are not letting that car squeeze in. One car, it's, it's going to cost you maybe a millisecond of your time, and we're just, wow. Wisdom, the wisdom of God, come on in. Right? Let's keep going. Oh, that's, yeah. True wisdom, look at this. We're talking about now the wisdom of God that it's pure, it's all that, it's loving, it's, it's kind, it's gentle, and it will, it's willing to yield to others. You're thinking about other people. Now, let's look at this wisdom because it comes from God. True wisdom and power are found where? So if you want this kind of wisdom, I'm telling you where it's at right now. It's in God. That's why if you worship God and you connect with God, you walk in this kind of wisdom. It's only in God. It's only in God. Let's keep going. Jeremiah 33, verse 2 and 3. This is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed it, established it, whose name is the Lord. He says this. Okay, this is the creator, right? The creator. He says this. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you don't know about things to come. In other words, when you need wisdom about things in the future, all kinds of things, ask God, and he'll tell you. He'll tell you. Another scripture in here, and we won't, I won't go in order here, but James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask. Ask. Ask our generous God. And if you're connected with God, you're not afraid to ask him for anything. Because he says, listen, he won't, he won't rebuke you for asking. If you're in relationship with God, he wants you to ask him for things that you need. I want to be so close to my kids that if they need something, they feel very comfortable asking, no matter what it is. I want you to be comfortable to ask me a question. I want you to know I love you, and I'll be there for you. And even if you make a mistake, I want you to feel confident to come to me and know that I'll still love you, and I'll help you. That comes from a relationship with God. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 through 17. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you, they meaning the Scriptures, have given you what? Wisdom to receive the salvation by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong uh, in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So here it is again. The Scripture teaches us stuff. It shows us things. It reveals. So here's how you can say it. The scripture give us wisdom. It gives us wisdom about things we need to do and things we shouldn't do. It corrects us when if we're off track. The wisdom that comes from God, the word, will bring us back on track. And not in a way that to condemn you, but in a way that gives you life and strength and hope in a good way. Okay, God's correction isn't one of those, man, Oh, you messed up. That's not God's correction. God's correction is, oh, man, you're so, you're so awesome. Listen, you, just, you missed it right here. Let me, let me help you. Look right here. If you'll do this, this is what's going to lead to the life that you want. Let me help you. Let me just get you back on this path. The enemy is the one who wants to condemn you and bring shame and bring all this stuff on you because of decision that you messed up in or something that happened. That's the, that's the devil. God, he uses his word and he just not only teaches you what's right and shows you, but then he's the one who trains you and helps you to get right. He fixes you. 
And that's why the word is so good. Colossians 2, 2, 2 and 3. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Listen to this. In him, in Christ, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you need wisdom and knowledge for any situation, it's in Christ. That's it. I'm not saying that you can't sit down and read a good book. But I'm going to tell you that book is going to give you human wisdom. Unless it's this book. So there, you, can, you can glean from other people's experiences. But there's a knowledge that completely over, overtakes and trumps any other knowledge. And that's the knowledge that comes from God and from his word. Look at uh, Proverbs 15 verse 33. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So where does wisdom come from? From fear of the Lord, from our respect and admiration and honor to God. That's what teaches the wisdom. That's what instructs wisdom. That's what gives us wisdom when we're connecting, connecting to the Lord. Now let me read this in the uh, Amplified Virgin. The reverend, I'm just kidding. You're, I know, you knew that was coming, right? The Amplified Virgin. Okay. Uh, some of you will get that later. The reverent fear of the Lord that is, worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the instruction for wisdom. It's the starting point and its essence. So basically, here's what it's saying. You're worshiping God and understanding how awesome God is is the starting point for you and for wisdom. It's the beginning. That's where it starts. In other words, wisdom doesn't start with you understanding a lot of stuff. Wisdom, wisdom starts with you connecting with God. That's where wisdom starts. That's the essence of it. That's the beginning of it. That's where it all starts right there. So again, I hope in this series you are getting this whole deal that it's just you connecting with God. You connecting with God. Every day, in your car, at your house, wherever you are, connect with God continually. And that's the source of your wisdom. Proverbs 9 and 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. It's what everything is on. It's on the fear of the Lord. is the root system of wisdom. Now look what it says in, uh, let's look at Proverbs 1, 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Look at the, uh, the message translation here. It says, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. That's the first step. The first step in you learning and understanding the wisdom of God is to bow down before him. Humble yourself in full surrender to him. Say, God, it's not me. It's got to be you. It's got to be you. That's where this wisdom comes from. Now look at the value of wisdom. Isaiah 55, verse 8. Here's what, here's what, here's what the Lord says. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. You know what that says? In some way, you could think that God is saying our thoughts are really bad. Like our thoughts are so low. He's not saying that. He's saying even your greatest thoughts, even your wisest thoughts are nothing compared to mine. In other words, God is telling you how big he is. How amazing he is. It's not a slam to your thought. It's a magnifying of his thoughts. So you know his are so much bigger. Why not let him think for you? Why not, why not tap into who he is? Why not find out his way? Because I can tell you, 
my way of planning a church would have resulted in our downfall. It just, it just would have. That doesn't mean we wouldn't have people. It just means we wouldn't be healthy. But God's way was crazy to me. It seemed foolish to me. But it's the healthiest thing we could have ever done is just trusting him. That's the wisdom of God, and it's way beyond our thoughts. So if God is leading you, and, and even things that don't seem understandable, that's because God's thoughts are bigger than yours. And sometimes there's a place of trust. Sometimes there's a place of leaning in and just allowing him to do what he wants to do. We've got to trust him. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold? Or good judgment than silver. You know, how much time do we spend on this earth pursuing material things? How much time do we spend on this earth pursuing a good name? How much time do we pursue on this earth trying to figure out, you know, nice house, nice job, nice money. I mean, a lot of money. Not that any of that's wrong having that stuff. It's not wrong to have the stuff. It's wrong if it has you. But it's not wrong if you have it. But here's the thing. Greater than anything, greater than any amount of money, greater than any natural resource or material thing you could own, wisdom's better. Wisdom's better. And that's the, that's the value of wisdom. It's, it, there's no price you can put on it with gold or silver. It's, it's the price of just wisdom that comes from, from God, and it's above anything that you could come up with. Um, Look at 1 Corinthians one twenty-five. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. Now, that's not saying that God has foolish plans. What it's saying is if you put all God's plan and said, okay, this is, this is the, the lowest of God's plans are still way higher than the highest of man's. In other words, it's still trying to help us understand how good God is and how amazing his plans are for us and how much wisdom he wants to give you in your everyday life. He wants to give you wisdom. He doesn't want you to feel like you have to walk around saying, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I'm in a situation I don't know what to do. And I've said that. We've all said it. But I want you to know we have access to wisdom and we have a generous God that when we ask him he gives it to us and then it's the faith and the confidence to step out in it but God wants us to know you actually have access to the wisdom when you don't know what to do the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord the Bible said that his word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light into our path that we can know what to do and when to do it that's God's word. But it only comes when we connect to him. If you're not connecting to, to him, then you know what? You're not going to know. That's like having a GPS and you want it to help you find a place, but you don't turn it on. That's why I appreciate what um, Dee said this morning, talking about the Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. Because sometimes we can think, you know, well, we don't need to sing that. We, we know he's here. We don't have to ask him to come down. He's here. And that's true. But sometimes you can be somewhere and not feel welcome. Do you know that? 
So we say, Lord, God, we welcome you. It doesn't necessarily mean we're saying, hey, we don't think you're here, so will you come down? Sometimes it means, you know what, sometimes he's here. He's with you all the time, actually. But, but that doesn't mean that we open our lives up to him. That doesn't mean that we allow his spirit and who he is to lead us and to guide us and to strengthen us. So sometimes when I sing, when I sing songs like that, I look at it like that. Like, Lord, come invade those places that I, that I don't know about. Come help me with that situation that I've tried on my own. I need your spirit to lead me and to guide me. I, I need your spirit to guide me. Because we do, and I want you to make sure, and that's why when we talked about that song, I wanted her to say that because I want you to know you don't have to pray for the Spirit to come down and show up. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. You have access to wisdom. You have access to hope. You have access to strength. But we don't always walk in it, but yet we have access to it. And that's where sometimes we have to look at that and say, you know what? God, your plans are wiser, and I need to allow you to speak into my life. I need to step back and allow your word to do what your word does and to help me. Now, here's what happens as a result of wisdom. Look at Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 8. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't, don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom. She'll protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. <clears throat> Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Isn't that funny? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing. So just getting it, you're already showing you're wise. See, it's not hard to walk in wisdom. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Then it says, whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her. She will honor you. Here's some results of it. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing. Now, whatever you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she'll make you great. You will have favor in your life. You'll be able to see things that God wants to do in your life, and you'll see yourself doing things that are beyond you because of the favor and the blessing of God on your life. And then she will honor you. You'll be honored. You will, you will be taken care of. You'll be respected. You will be looked up to as someone who, you know how the Bible says, when you, to the greatest of these is a servant. When you humble yourself, you will be exalted. But if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. This is a place of humbling ourselves before God, and he will exalt you. He will exalt you. Let's go to the next verse, verse 8. Joyful, oh yeah, I'm sorry, the next verse, Proverbs 3.13. Joyful is the person, sorry, I messed that up. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. One of the results of wisdom is joy. That doesn't mean you don't go through difficult times. It doesn't mean you don't face struggle or crisis or anything. What it does mean is you have wisdom to know how to handle the situations you're in, and that wisdom will ultimately produce joy in your life. Joy even in difficult times. This wisdom produces joy. It doesn't say joyful will be the person, when you find wisdom, you find joy. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. And wisdom comes from God. You connect to God, you find wisdom. You find wisdom, you walk in joy. It's connected. Let's go to this last one, Luke 6, 12 through 13. Here's another result of wisdom. Jesus is, he had just 
uh, healed a guy, and they were all giving him a hard time because it was a Sabbath. All this had gone on, a guy with a withered hand. And, uh, and so now, in verse 12, it says this, One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. What's Jesus going to do? Connect with his Father. Right? So he's going to worship. He's going to connect with his Father. And then it says this, he prayed to God how long? So he had this amazing connection with his Father all night. Now look what happened right after he came down from that time. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Now, here's what this says to me. Wisdom came from spending time with his father. That he looked at all his disciples and he knew exactly, these are the 12 that I'm choosing to be my apostles. I sp he spent time with his father all night. And he had a decision to make. And as soon as he came down, I mean, it wasn't like he came down, got some more opinions. He came down that mountain, and at the soon as the break of dawn, he said, all right, I want all y'all together here. You, 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 I've called you to be my apostles. There's no doubt about it. I think for all of us, if we connect with God consistently and intentionally, and not connecting with a God just to get him to do stuff for us, Connecting with God because he loves us and because we love him. Then you're going to find these decisions that you need to make. You're going to come out of that time with God and you're going to know what to do and when to do it. And you're going to do it. You're going to have the confidence to do it. You're going to know what to say to, to that person. You're going to know how to fix that situation. You're going to know how to handle where you're at right now. You're going to know how to respond to difficult situations. You're going to know how to trust God in the midst of chaos. You're going to know how to deal with those customers. You're going to know how to deal with those people. You're going to know how to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. You're going to know because the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God will guide you in exactly what decision needs to be made. That's what Jesus tells us here. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. And this is my prayer over you. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. And we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow and you will learn to know God better and better.